0: with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. This is Cruise Radio.
1: Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com.
2: Here we go. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio.
1: Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Carnival Liberty on this week's show, and staff writer Richard Sims is here with your weekly rundown of Cruise News. And speaking of the news, Cruise Radio News, Monday through Friday, catch it just opposite of this or on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. All right, staff writer Richard Sims is here. Hello, Richard. Hey, Doug. So Carnival Cruise Line is making some adjustments to onboard dining.
2: Yeah, they're calling it, like, slight modifications, and it's temporary. Uh, it has to do with staffing. Um, they're having a lot of difficulty getting the visas processed for some of their crew. And, you know, when they first launched, when they first launched, they, they had fewer ships, and... And they, they were able to pretty much fully staff them with crew, but then some of those went on vacation, some of them their contracts ended, so they're between contracts, and they're sort of having trouble getting enough people onto the ships to be fully staffed. So they're doing two things. One is that some of the ships are not sailing at full capacity. Now, most of them are, but a few of them aren't, to sort of ease this, this, this transitional period. But the other thing they're doing is on all ships across the fleet, they're closing uh, Kuchina-Del capitano. Now when I say all ships, I mean all except Mardi Gras because on all the other ships, uh, Cucina is considered a specialty restaurant, but on Mardi Gras it's like, you know, included in your cruise fare. So they are not closing it on Mardi Gras. And it's worth noting that this is for dinner. The the restaurant is still open at lunchtime. And you can also still get some of the things that you would normally get in Cucina del Capitano on the dining menus at no charge, so that's the first change. The other one, which probably impacts fewer people but is bigger from the point of view of sort of a special thing and and something that's a little more expensive, is the chef's table. You know, if you've never done the chef's table, this is um, a pretty cool experience where usually around ten to fourteen people, um, sometimes a little more on some of the bigger ships, um, are are. Well, I was going to say are given, but they're not given. They pay about $95 for this experience where uh, you get a tour of the kitchen and then you go to a private dining room and they put on this amazing multi-course meal for you and the chef is there and explains how they make everything. Very, very cool experience, but don't try to book it right now because uh, like Cucina del Capitano, it is temporarily shut down and that is across the fleet. Uh, this Right now they're saying this is through the end of June. They hope that by then they will be able to sort of fix this staffing issue there. They, like the other cruise lines, are working with several departments of the government in order to try and get this taken care of so that they have the staff they need to reopen these. And, uh, you know, there's also been some changes in entertainment lineups and things like that, all of which they're hoping to have taken care of by the end of June, because obviously with summer, they want to be up and running.
1: It's also important to realize this isn't just a Carnival Cruise Line thing. Uh, the visa thing is all throughout the cruise industry with the crew members coming from different countries or another. Um, I know, Richard, when we were on Norwegian Getaway, we had some staffing issues and Royal Caribbean's experiencing the same thing. Like no one is immune from this.
2: Definitely not a Carnival thing. I think Carnival has sort of... By making a big move like this, they've made it the most obvious. Mm-hmm. And and it's an interesting question: do you do you close down a couple of venues um, in order to sort of facilitate this, or do you move forward and maybe have people complain about the service not being as great as it could be? It's kind of interesting to me because when you look at like Cacina del Capitano and uh, the Chef's Table between the two of them, you're like, how many people can that really be? <laughs> you know, as far as as far is how much staff can it possibly be. Um, But apparently it's enough that when you take it across the entire fleet, it makes a difference. So yeah, everybody's having this problem Carnival has just taken sort of a very public approach mm-hmm. to dealing with it.
1: And a new cruise port is coming to the Bahamas. This is
2: Grand Bahama Island. This has been in the works for quite a while. It's a very big, very expensive project that sort of got delayed by several things, including uh, COVID. But this is, Carnival was finally able to last week break grounds on it. What's going to be nice is this, when it is done, this facility will have a pier that can welcome two Excel class ships they're right now they're hoping to have Mardi Gras and celebration both begin visiting there by the end of 2024 which is when this project is expected to be wrapped up you know assuming everything goes as planned obviously it'll have a huge impact on the local economy but one of the other things that's kind of nice about it is it'll give folks who are a little bored with Nassau a new destination you know you hear all the time oh Nassau I've been there a million times well you know maybe now you can book something that goes somewhere you know still in the bahamas but a little bit different. It'll be interesting to see what the final port looks like and what it has to offer. Uh but that's that's in the works and it'll hopefully be done by the end of 2024.
1: And just to clarify here, Richard, this is like a this isn't like a perfect day at Coco Key or a half moon key. This is more of like an Amber Cove or Grand Turk. Yes, very much so. And you know they'll
2: have local shops and and things like that. There will be things there. But yeah, it's not going to be something on the scale of of, of of perfect day yeah
1: and so it's like 20 miles east of freeport Bahamas. so yeah if you if you want to get your freeport fix uh if i don't know why you would but if you would you could uh ease on over there if you want to i guess (laughs) for the day uh so margaritaville at sea it set sail with uh with the king parrot head the other day
2: finally this has been delayed a few times uh and i will admit i was skeptical as to whether it would ever happen uh from everything we've seen the ship is kind of cool you know there's there's a giant flip-flop in the lobby and all the things you associate with jimmy buffett and the margaritaville lifestyle are around the ship and i have had reports that the margaritas are top notch but the cool thing about the initial sailing was of course that jimmy buffett was on board and he put on a 3 hour concert. So, you know, if you're if you're into his music, that's got to be kind of the ultimate thing to be sailing on a margaritaville themed ship with Jimmy Buffett putting on a performance. You know, the ship is not 100 percent ready. There's there's, you know, some things that need to still be resolved. Some of the staterooms are in a little bit of disarray, but it's up and running. And hopefully as they get more money coming in, they will be able to sort of go around and fix the things that need to be fixed. But it seems like a great option for people looking for a short trip and something themed to the Margaritaville idea lifestyle.
1: Yeah because this ship is no spring chicken it's over 30 years old i think it came out in 1991 years
2: old. Yeah. yeah it's not a new ship and you know i was i was looking at some of the reviews and things and people were like there are parts That look brand new because they've been refurbished for this. There are other ways in which, like the staterooms, are very, very, very dated, even though they've been sort of updated with, you know, paint and things like that. The surface is updated, but the, the rooms themselves are very old. It's interesting to me, I never really realized this. There are only, I believe, 10 staterooms on the ship that have balconies. Everything else is uh, portholes.
1: Well, it's like when those fantasy class ships rolled out, there was very few balconies and a handful of them went in and received 98 new balcony staterooms. We've been seeing these stories a lot lately, but a win's a win, so we'll take it. A record booking day for one cruise line. Yeah, canard. Um, it happened in conjunction with
2: the opening for bookings for their newest ship, the upcoming Queen Anne. Uh, Queen Anne's been under construction since 2019, and she's expected to start sailing in very early in 2024. In fact, uh, the first trip on that ship will be a seven-night sailing from Southampton to Lisbon on January 4th, 2024. That'd be a cool way to kick off the new year. It's the fourth ship in their fleet. Uh, She'll be joining, let's see if I can name these, it's the Queen Mary, Queen Elizabeth, and Queen Victoria. It's actually the 249th ship for Cunard as a whole, but they have four ships in their current fleet, and Queen Anne is looking to be a Beautiful, beautiful ship. Um, the highest stateroom that they have, I believe it's called the the Grill, is um, going to be pretty much sold out on the first ten voyages. So they overall had a fantastic booking period, and it was because partly because of this, and partly just because you know there's a demand for this type of ship. It's a you know it's a higher class ship. It's a smaller. Capacity than the mega liners that you see. So, Cunard is heading toward
1: a very good period right now. And the Alaska cruise season, not even a month old yet, but ships are already tearing things up. Yeah, this is sort of a good news, bad news scenario. The
2: bad news is. That this story involves a dolphin being struck by a cruise ship. The good news is it's not like you know a flipper type dolphin. It's the uh, it, it's an offshore structure that's referred to as a dolphin. So now that we've established that, here's what happened. They recently expanded the Sitka Sound cruise terminal, and one of the very first ships to arrive wound up doing some kind of serious damage when it hit part of the system they used to moor the ships. It was Royal Caribbean's Radiance of the Sea, and... It hit the dolphin, again, not flipper, and it did enough damage that that particular um, dock will now only be able to welcome one ship at a time as opposed to two. They've actually um, cut the capacity in 50%, which is not a great way to start off the season. Uh, It's unclear how long it's going to take to do repairs. It could be a few weeks. It could be a few months, but, you know, that's, that's just after Alaska's had such a tough go of it with the shutdown for the last two years. Things This was going to be the big season, and it still will be a huge season, but Sitka is going to see a definite decrease in the number of ships and passengers that it can welcome as a result of this.
1: Well, yes and no. I mean, so Sitka, for years, before they even had cruise piers there, it's a tender port as well. So you could put three, four, five ships in the bay there and tender those. I've been there when there have been four ships tendering back and forth. So,
2: yeah, you're completely right. That's, that's a very, very good point.
1: Listen, her question comes from, oh, she said, do not say my name. She said, I came home from my recent cruise and I have tested positive for COVID. Do I need to tell the cruise line?
2: no, you do not have to tell the cruise line. The CDC regulations, um, as far as the cruise lines reporting guests who have been uh, diagnosed with COVID, only apply to guests who are on board. Uh, And frankly, the cruise lines probably don't want to know, you know, any more than like an airline wants to know or a hotel wants to know, um, because, you know, then there might be an implied responsibility taken there. So you do not have to report it to anyone. Now, that's said. You should make sure that you know everyone in your circle, um, maybe people who you've come in contact with since getting off the ship, that they're aware of it. You know, like if you hired, for example, when I got off Getaway, I was, um, I, I I was concerned that you know I might test positive i mean this this is a modern day when you cruise you take that risk uh and so i had hired a private driver to take me home and then i arranged to um uh quarantine for a few days and then test again when i got home you know not there was no worries i did not test positive but had i tested positive you know i wanted to make sure that i i kind of had kept limited the number of people who I'd come in contact with until I could be sure that I had cleared that last hurdle. But no, you are under no responsibility to contact the cruise line and tell them. I'm not even sure what they would
1: say if you did. I will say this though, and I'm just going to throw this out here. I'm not saying what to do or what not to do. You do what you want to do. But if you say you wake up on the last morning and you're not feeling good, and you want to go to the infirmary to get tested, just be careful what you wish for, because you could be stuck for 10 days in a hotel if you're like coming back from an Alaska cruise and in Vancouver, because you won't come back to the U.S. until things are all cleared up.
2: Yeah, that's true. And the other thing to keep in mind, this is something that we talk about a lot, and this is definitely a case where you want to make sure you have travel insurance, because you know if you do wind up uh, stuck somewhere f- for in quarantine, like stuffed in a hotel or whatever, you will wind up, you know, having to pay for that. That's usually not going to be picked up by the cruise line. And so that's coming out of your pocket. But if you have travel insurance and, you know, you want to check and make sure that this is covered by the policy that you get, but you want to make if you if it is, then they will reimburse that. We know a couple of different people who have uh, since the restart had this happen where they have for whatever reason, you know, they've tested positive. They've had to stay in a hotel for a few days and and make arrangements to get home and all that. And. And that came out of their pocket. But when they got home, they were able to, because they had travel insurance, get that money back. So definitely one of the many, many reasons we always say get travel insurance.
1: Yeah, and also, Richard, if you um, – let's just say you were testing on the ship and you were positive and you had to quarantine in Vancouver. And let's say the cruise line did pick up the tab, but they have a um, – I don't know, a partnership with – motel six or days in or something but you want to stay at the sheraton instead because you just had a bougie room for the past seven days like you could actually just go to that sheraton and your travel insurance would cover that as well you would pay out of pocket then just file the claim and then boom reimbursed
2: oh nice to know but as always not only should you have insurance but make sure you know what that insurance does and does not cover you know like 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 read your policy don't just sign off
1: on it yeah, I've always had travel insurance policies, but it's it really took a, a pandemic and traveling during a pandemic to make me realize in my brain how important it is. Yeah, very much so. All right, been talking with staff writer Richard Sims. Richard, my friend, I won't be here next week. I'll be over in Norway. So we'll try to catch up if the signal's good, but if not, we'll talk to you when I get back. Look forward to it have a tip or a lead on a news story, let us know. Email tips at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at tripinsurance.com. Not, not only does tripinsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. Local, national,
2: and worldwide. We've got you covered. Top stories and industry analysis
3: every weekday morning on Cruise Radio News with Doug Barker.
1: Back over Super Bowl weekend, Kirby and his girlfriend took a three-night cruise on Carnival Liberty over to Nassau, Bahamas, and back out of Port Canaveral. And Kirby joins us on the line to talk to us all about it. His very first cruise, too. How you doing, my friend?
3: I'm doing great. How are you, Doug?
1: Are my notes correct? Is this your very first cruise ever or your first carnival cruise?
3: Very first cruise ever. So uh, my family wasn't a big cruise cruise family growing up. So this is the first time I was able to go on a cruise. Um, so yeah.
1: Very nice. You're up in the Atlanta area. You made your way down here to central Florida. Any pre-cruise time
3: down here before boarding the ship? Um, not really. So we, we drove down to my girlfriend's parents' house. Uh, they live about 45 minutes away from Port Canaveral. We stayed there, um, free housing for the night and woke up in the morning and drove to the port.
1: Good call on the free accommodations because those Port Canaveral hotels are like 300 bucks a night right now. Pretty wild.
3: Taking advantage of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Definitely. For sure. Before we board the ship here, I want to actually take a step back. I jumped ahead of myself. As we said, it was your first cruise. uh, Kind of a crazy restart with uh, a lot of bad press about cruising in the news and everything. What made you say, you know what? I want to go on my very first cruise.
3: Um, So actually, my girlfriend's family cruised twice a year growing up. Um, So she's been on 20 plus cruises. Um, so they're very avid cruise family. Um, so like when we first started dating four years ago, um, she's like, oh, we really want to go on a cruise with you, all this stuff. Uh, we actually had a cruise planned for October of 2020. And then obviously COVID kept mm-hmm. canceling um, cruises, cruises and stuff. So this is the first time we're able to go on a cruise. All right.
1: Now we're on track here. So we get to the cruise terminal. You go to board the ship. How was the embarkation process? Of course, you have to get that um, that pre-cruise test before you board and show your vaccination card. Pretty flawless and seamless process.
3: Yeah. So I will say we, we got tested back in Atlanta, but that was one of the most like nerve wracking 20 minutes of my life <laughs> waiting for that uh, a negative test to come back. But obviously it came back all clear. Um, we woke up early on Friday morning, drove to the port parked in the re- overpriced parking um and we got in line and actually once we got in line for embarkation and everything it was super super seamless we didn't have any issues so what were your first impressions your very first cruise ship ever you walk on carnival mm-hmm.
1: liberty it's a uh, it's quite the sight to walk onto so yeah. what were your thoughts
3: yeah so obviously first cruise i've never seen a cruise ship up close before and i'm like holy cow this is like massive like been on smaller boats before, but seeing a cruise ship in person is just wild. And like my girlfriend was kind of making fun of me because she's been on some of the larger carnival ships and everything. And she's like, yeah, this is nothing compared to some of the other ships they have. But just like seeing a massive vessel like that up close in person is just kind of breathtaking.
1: Did it take you a little while to get your bearings? Because you're on this big floating superstructure that's not land.
3: Yeah, it was it was uh it took a like two or three hours to kind of get used to everything. Yeah. Obviously, our stateroom wasn't available right away. So Just kind of walking around. Um, I'm a very – I love watching YouTube videos. Obviously, I keep up with your stuff and I look at other people's like – they do tours of the ships and stuff. So I had – I already knew the layout like watching these these YouTube videos. I feel like Mm -hmm. I knew it better than my girlfriend did. So we kind of – I kind of gave her the tour of the ship from what I've known from these YouTube videos of the ship. And um, we kind of got used to it pretty quickly. Liberty has a pretty good layout. Yeah, um, nothing too crazy, and it a decent sized ship, so wasn't yeah, overwhelming for sure. Once you're on it, <laughs> and what uh, what kind of stateroom did you
1: have for this three night cruise, and what did you think of it?
3: So we originally had a um, interior uh, cabin, but like a week before, um, she kind of did all the booking because she's she cruises all the time, and uh, she's like, "Oh crap, they have like fifty dollar upgrades to a balcony suite" because I guess the the cruise ship wasn't very full, so we actually got to upgrade to a balcony suite, and like obviously you go. Um, get your cards out of the little slot, open it up and open the door. Um, and it's actually a very breathtaking scene, like going out and seeing like the um, balcony and everything. So it was awesome.
1: Before we hopped on the interview here, you were telling me that you like to travel a lot. So what were your thoughts comparing the stateroom to like a hotel stateroom?
3: Um, it Obviously smaller than like a normal hotel room, but mm-hmm. um, like I we've never... All the hotel rooms we've stayed in have never really had a balcony. So like being able to have that feature is pretty awesome. Um, Obviously, having everything in one central location is pretty cool, too. Let's talk about a big part of the cruise, and that
1: is the food. We'll start at the top at the Lido Deck Marketplace. How was that buffet area up there?
3: Uh, that was awesome. You know, Guy's Burgers is a staple for Carnival. And yes, I had my fair share, maybe gained two or three pounds from that. <laughs> Blue Iguana Cantina was amazing, too. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to eat breakfast there just because we didn't wake up in time and mm-hmm. the lines were always long. But yeah, the Lido deck was awesome. Being able to eat Guy's Burgers whenever you want, wanted was pretty awesome. Yes. And then uh, we, we didn't really eat in the buffet as much. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the last morning um, but we ate Guy's Burgers a lot.
1: Yeah, so. no, I hear you. I hear you on that one for sure. How about the main dining room? What time dining did you have and how was it through your three nights?
3: Her family, one of their big staples growing up was like, you, we're going to go on a cruise together. I don't care if I see you all day, but we we're going to eat dinner together every night in the main dining room. So that's kind of a tradition we followed. Obviously, we hung out with each other the whole time. Mm-hmm. But um, like, go, we had main dining for six o'clock um, in the, the aft of the ship. Um, We had like one of the best tables because we had the table closest to the back um, and you could like look right out the back window. Um, So we had six o'clock dining. Um, Food was actually very good. Honestly, can't really remember what I had every night. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I had chicken at least one night. Um, That was very good. Um, Entertainment's awesome. They they really are into the uh, cruise experience when the servers and stuff are working. Uh, So that was pretty awesome. And obviously the, the carnival cake. I cannot remember the name of it. The melting chocolate cake was always amazing. I think I had three of those one night. Nice. So
1: So if my memory serves me correct, where you sat in the back of the dining room in the aft there? Those are big tables. So they sit y'all by yourselves or with other groups of people?
3: Yeah. So the first night, um, there were actually two other couples. Didn't really get to talk to them as much. They kind of kept to themselves like we did. Um, We tried to start conversations with them. They would answer questions. They kind of leave us alone. So we were, it's actually interesting Um, we were with other couples our age, so I guess they kind of, I don't know if that was on purpose or if that was just coincidental, but, um, uh, so that was pretty awesome. And then like the table behind us was kind of the same thing. It was three couples, but it was three older, older couples. So it seems like they do a good job of trying to place people with, um, their age group.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They definitely do a good job with that. It's, um, It's always weird, too, right? Like you're sitting down with complete strangers and it can go one or two ways, right? It can either be really good or it's going to be awkwardly silent for the whole night.
3: Yeah, that's what it was the first night. And then actually the the next two nights, they didn't show up to dinner. I guess they ate the (laughs) buffet. We never really saw them the rest of the cruise. I don't know if we were like weird and they didn't want to talk to us, but we enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, I know.
1: And that's all that matters. How about the entertainment on this three night cruise? What would you think of it?
3: Uh, it was great. And actually, uh, we went Super Bowl weekend. So being able to experience the Super Bowl on the cruise was actually very entertaining. Um, but like the, uh, the comedians were awesome. You know, I've never been really been to um, a comedy club and being able to see. Um, we had Al Romero on our ship, um, which I had kind of seen some of his stuff from HBO. Um, so we got to see him twice. I honestly can't remember the name of the other guy, but he was awesome too. The regular entertainment in the main theater was awesome too. Our cruise director was Dustin. I think he was from Ohio. So it was pretty interesting um, to see him because he was a a Cincinnati fan. So watching Mm -hmm. him experience the Super Bowl on the ship was awesome as well. Yeah. You mentioned Super
1: Bowl was on your sailing, but how about outside of the main theater, like uh, karaoke or the piano bar or any like really cool live bands around the ship?
3: Uh, Yeah, there were a lot of live bands. We really didn't sit down and listen to any in particular, but just the the vibe of seeing live bands and stuff everywhere you went. Uh, There was a great, they're like a string band, like Mm. violins. And I think there was a cello or something in the main atrium, like right when you first walk on the ship, they were always, they were always playing every night. They sounded amazing. Um, There was always somebody by the casino, Um, the piano bar. You could always like we were in the after the ship. Our room was our stateroom was. So you'd go down two floors or three floors and you would hear uh, the piano bar going. And um, obviously the nightclub's always very popular. Um, Nobody really of our age group uh, was in there. So we didn't go in. (laughs) It was a lot of older couples, which no shame to them. But we we didn't mix in with that crowd. But yeah, the uh, the entertainment was good.
1: How was the crowds and congestion on that sea day?
3: Uh, it actually, honestly, wasn't too bad. Um, so our first our first day was not a sea day. We were in Nassau, but our coming back to Port Canaveral was our sea day. And it honestly wasn't too bad. Um, it was Super Bowl Sunday, so um, we kind of woke up later, um, ate breakfast. We actually ate breakfast in the main dining that day. Um, and then we just kind of walked around the ship and just ate a lot of food. Um, but mm-hmm. I didn't see too much congestion. We did go to the casino for a few hours. That was pretty busy, um, but... Yeah, there was a lot of people winning like twenty five thousand dollars in casino, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna sit down to sit down at the slot machine. Lady next to me wins twenty five thousand dollars, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put fifty more dollars in see if I can win. Of course, I didn't. So you know how that goes. Yeah, I know.
1: How was the casino as far as cigarette smoke in and around it?
3: So, actually, the, that was the last sailing on Liberty that they did not allow smoking ah, in the gotcha. casino. And I hate the smell of smoke. It makes mm-hmm. me super sick. So, like, that was awesome to be able to go in the casino. And it you honestly couldn't smell any linger from, like, past cruises. I don't know how they cleaned it because I've been in cars before that had smoke from three years ago and it still smells awful. So, mm-hmm. they did a pretty good job taking care of it. When you were in the
1: casino, did you try to play the cash crane machine where you put a dollar in oh and you try to win like, you know, a stack, a 100 or 500 or whatever? Did you did you attempt to play that at all?
3: Yeah, my girlfriend, eh, she got mad at me because I kept playing and she's like, you're not going to win this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, but that's $200 sitting right there. If I just put a dollar in, I can try to win $200. But they kind of <laughs> rigged it where um, I guess they put when they put the cell phone wrap around it, it's like almost impossible to win it.
1: There is a couple of things there because when I was on Carnival Conquest a couple of months ago, I won $500 on my very first try. Okay. So I put a dollar in and I latch on to the 500. It picks it up, brings it right to me and drops it. Turns out that it's on an algorithm. So every, let's just say one out of 100 grabs the claws a lot tighter, but also the money is very deceiving looking too, because inside of my, um, my stack of $500 there was a 10 on the top and a 10 in the bottom and like over 400 won. So it's vacuum packed. It's super heavy. So the house is always going to win, basically. But I, I, I won that time. Yeah, so, I didn't think
3: about that, but that makes sense.
1: So you make yeah. your way to Nassau,
3: Bahamas. Um, what would you do there? Uh, so we actually did uh, the catamaran, which it actually ended up not being the catamaran. It's like the adult excursion where you have to be 18 to go on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we booked that the night before because we we were like reading up on all the excursions and stuff um, weeks prior. And this was kind of the one that caught our eye because we love kids and everything. But like we're going on a cruise. We, we don't want to have to worry about sure. kids. Uh, so we get off the ship. And, you know, they kind of keep you there. They have the signs they're holding up in the air saying if you're going like it's where you stand, you hand them their ticket, hand them Mm -hmm. your ticket. And uh, the lady told us, like, oh, actually, the catamaran we're supposed to go on is broken down. But there's like this other boat that's kind of similar to a catamaran, but not a catamaran. It didn't have the fancy net that you see in the pictures that you could lay on. Mm -hmm. Um, It did have the same type of hull, but it didn't have a sail or anything. And uh, her and I were like, yeah, let's go and do it. So. We went ahead and did it and actually it was like super awesome. We went out, I want to say like a mile past all the fancy houses. You go past um, – I believe that's Atlantis, correct? Yeah. And that's all. Yeah, so we go past Atlantis, go past all the fancy houses and they anchor us down um, and you go snorkeling for like 45 minutes. You get back on and they have unlimited drinks, um, which like we didn't pay for the drink package on the ship. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to drink as much as I can on this yeah. catamaran. <laughs> so you get back on. You that That was when we met all the people that like were – like we kind of hung out with, um, so that they were super nice. Um, there was actually this guy, uh, local, that came up in this boat that looks like he built out of plywood that was like selling coconuts. That's awesome. um, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to give this guy five dollars, and he gave me a coconut full of rum. So that was pretty awesome.
1: You mentioned you went snorkeling. They put you on top of a good reef.
3: Yes, they yeah, they put us on top of a pretty good reef. Um, you know those tour guides. They do that for a living, so yeah. they're pretty good at it. But they put on put us on top of a reef. The water wasn't too cold. Um, I thought it was going to be way colder, but it was actually pretty refreshing.
1: So after a booze cruise and a coconut full of rum, you were probably walking sideways back to the ship.
3: Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, you okay, were. Good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you make your way back to Port Canaveral. Three days just isn't long enough, but you make your way yeah. back there. Um, how was the disembarkation process for y'all?
3: Um, super easy. So we did not put our luggage out the night before. Um, mm-hmm. we just wanted to be able to have our, all of our stuff. We didn't take very much. It's three nights. So we yeah. didn't pack the whole house for it. Um, we woke up. Um, I didn't realize like how early you got in cause like we literally woke up and you were like, you were docked and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, woke up, went to the marketplace, got breakfast, kind of relaxed because I mean, we're in Atlanta so the drive wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, and we got off and we, we got in our car and made our way out.
1: Now that you've done your first cruise, do you think you'll do another one?
3: For sure, yeah. We're, we're looking at planning some other ones, so I want to try to get her on Mardi Gras. She's not a fan of the super ships, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been, I've been trying to convince her, um, but we'll see, how, see what happens. I want to at least go on two more this year, so.
1: With it being your first time out, did you have any issues with, like, balance or seasickness or anything?
3: No, I don't get super, like, sick on planes or anything, and obviously, like, going to Nassau, you're not going that deep into the ocean. Um, you're kind of staying on the shoreline most of the time, but I didn't have really any issues and I didn't take any medicine for it or anything. Gotcha.
1: Do you have any first time tips to offer anyone either sailing Carnival Liberty or doing that catamaran and sail excursion in Nassau?
3: Honestly, just the biggest thing is like, just relax. Honestly, like you pay for vacation. Don't stress about anything. If something doesn't go your way, you'll be fine. Um, we enjoyed everything that we did. We, we, We didn't have any issues with anything that happened on the ship. Um, Our stateroom person was awesome. Everybody on the ship was awesome. Um, No bad taste in our mouth from that cruise. So honestly, just the biggest thing, if it's your first time, um, just go into it with an open mind and enjoy yourself.
1: Great advice. What was the biggest highlight for y'all?
3: I think, and I didn't mention this earlier, but we watched the Super Bowl um, in the main theater. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like, I'm an Atlanta sports fan. You know how that goes. But we didn't really have any skin in the game. Mm -hmm. um, So watching it from a third-party perspective... (laughs) after we had already won the world series i'm a huge braves fan um but watching the halftime show with like all these different generations of people and that halftime show that they put on this year was really awesome
1: so in closing your final thoughts of carnival liberty
3: a uh, great ship good first time ship if you are looking to go on a cruise and are worried about seasickness or staying on staying on the boat for seven days this is definitely a great first ship to get onto and kind of um kind of getting into getting you into the cruising game
1: we've been talking with kirby about his three night cruise on carnival liberty thank you so much for sharing your review glad you had a good time and uh next time you sail give me a buzz we'll do it again
2: there we go doug what what do you have it set on is it on uh dynamic or and this is oh oh boy oh wow All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review.